0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to football or soccer, whatever you call it. I am your co-host, Fook Win with Rose City Review, and I am with my co-host, Melina Gaspar.
1: Hey, Fook. Hi, everybody.
0: So, Melina, uh, obviously, uh, the Thorns had the early game on Saturday, and they also were on CBS, so we just looked at the new rating. Um, So the Thorns and Kansas City Current broke the regular season record for rating of 475,000 viewers on CBS. Especially like an early game, Melina, uh, I think that's a really good sign. Obviously, I feel like all the ratings for the league keep going up. And this is a really good statement that they're making uh, for their next TV deal. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Melina, did you know about the the new record that they set?
1: Yes, they announced it during the the broadcasting. I think it, it was good, especially for Kansas. We want the, the, the public to show up, the, the fans to show up at the stadium. So I think it was uh, very good for them to start strong at home.
0: Yeah, so uh, the attendance for Kansas City Curd, uh, congratulations to their uh, organization, is over 11,000. Um, and we're hoping that that kind of keeps up throughout the season. Uh, And then obviously you have the TV uh, ratings record as well at 475,000 for NWSL regular season. So two cool records in all one um, game, which is really awesome to see. And hopefully the other teams that get their CBS uh, chances, uh, viewers tune in as well. But Melina, let's talk about the game real quick. Obviously, uh, the Thorns came out four, you know, and then uh, Kansas City Current came out with one. Um, So it's another good win for the team. They scored four goals in two straight games. Their uh, goal differential is plus seven uh, at the moment. Um, And honestly, like uh, pretty much on every power rankings for media, they're number one. Um, And honestly, they just look like a team who's almost in midseason form. Let's talk about the first half real quick. Let's talk about the first half before we go into the second half, which honestly felt like two different halves. But what was your impressions for the first half?
1: Well, it was nice to see them uh, in the first half to play like we saw them playing against Orlando. I thought Kansas uh, learned something from the final from last season. But clearly, I mean, they did because that happened and the second time. We saw them like more alive. But in the first half, it was like they were they were just not in the game. And that was surprising. To me, because I I thought they were going to be a little bit better. Um, But yeah, Portland dominated the entire half. And of course, we mentioned that they have a lot of injured players. So of course, that played a part in this. Uh, But still, I I expected a little bit more from them in the first half. And I think they played pretty much like Orlando uh, when the Thorns faced them in week one. So, that's why I was surprised because I thought it was going to be a little bit more level and and, yeah, but like you said, then the the second half was very different.
0: yeah, no I appreciate you bringing that up. So, I think the biggest things uh, from the game is obviously we can go over some stats real quick., uh, but my quick thoughts on the first half, uh, like I said, Portland thorns dominant, like you said, uh, they look like they were the team that played against Orlando and with the with the high press that they were running, Molina, it's really hard to keep that up for a full ninety. It does it, it for some reason. I feel like every team who runs a high press, like kind of like, it's a little tired by the second half. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of what it looked like. Thought they pressed really good the first half. They were getting everything they they wanted. I think the first half wasn't it that, uh ten shots to one shot, Molina, if I'm correct. Um, they uh, eleven to one. Eleven to one. Yeah um so i appreciate that uh and and at the end of the game portland outshot them 19 to 10 they had uh eight shots on target compared to two they had more possession 56 to 44 they had more passes 416 to 329 and pass accuracy was a lot better as well by four percent so this is a really good game the stats would say oh this game was a blowout or whatever but if you look at the second half, the Kansas City current, for some reason, the Thorns did not come out with the same energy that they had in the first set. Obviously, with like I said, with a high press, it's really difficult to maintain that throughout the game. Um, and my, Melina, so obviously, like, let's talk about Sophia Smith. She, I, I mean, what else can we say about her besides the fact that she knows when to take over games now? she, I mean, she did it last year, too, but... Just this year it seems like she's even better. Like is that even possible that she keeps getting better every single year?
1: yeah, it's amazing, really. I mean the the goal number three it was her second, yes. Um, that was amazing, leaving three players behind. And <clears throat> I remember that when we uh, recorded the podcast last week, uh, I mentioned that uh, like that kind of goal that Sophia scores when she leaves the the center backs behind or maybe they are like following her and then she has to face the keeper and she moves a little bit to the right but then ends up going to left. Well Kansas closed her down when she tried to do that. And but I said that she will always find a way to score because she's very resourceful. And yeah, she did. In this game it was penalty kick and then that uh, other goal that left Three players behind, and it was amazing, really. And yeah, there is, I mean, he keeps amazing us <laughs> with with her skills. And yeah. I just cannot wait to see her at the World Cup because you know that will be like a real test for her at a national team level and at a big stage, you know, I think that's that's like big test and and I think she's ready, but we have to wait and see how she will develop during the, the big stage. Uh, but yeah, at a club level, I think she's dominating. And also, you know, the other forward that the U.S. women's national team has is Mile Pugh. She's in a great moment right now, but I think that's, uh, I think Sophia uh, surpasses her by far. Uh, so yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, I, and then Alex Morgan's playing well too. She's got her, you know, three goals as well. So this mm-hmm. golden boot race is going to be very, very close. You know, then all sudden you have Jaden Shaw, who's, you know, uh, also stepping up, too, with two, her two goals. So, yeah, I'm really curious about this Golden Boot race this year, Melina. I feel like we're going to have multiple, like, 10-goal scores again. Um, and we'll we'll see how it happens, because I think Morgan Weaver is going to get into that chase, too, eventually as well. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think with Sophia, every year she learns to, how to do something a little bit better than the previous year. She continues to work on her craft. And that's, you know, that's one of those things where you, as, you know, as a media person or a fan, you like appreciate the fact that, you know, she keeps getting better. Right. And when people tell you she has so much room, that's scary just because, you know, you are, are she's already at MVP level. What's next? She's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, is she going to be the goat? You know what I mean? And obviously that's a lot of pressure to put on a player, but yeah, this is going to be a big world cup for her. Cause I feel like latko is going to play her as a winger and i personally think she's better as a nine right um mm-hmm. so it's gonna be interesting if she can make that adjustment her passings has already been better way better than she was last year so i'm looking forward to just seeing her play but yeah no it was uh, it was a great hat trick i mean did it did it every way shot it outside the box like you said dribbled past multiple defenders and uh <laughs> and then her finish was a nutmeg right over in between uh, 80s legs, right. Um, and, uh, and then the PK, too. So, I mean, uh, I'm just glad that uh, Portland knows who exactly is taking PKs. I know last year we weren't, you know, Stinky was taking it at the beginning, and then now S- Sophia has, like, kind of made it hers, which is cool. Um, and then the second half, Melina. like, what what were your biggest notes from the second half? Because I feel like, do you think it was the energy used to uh, for the high press that kind of slowed the now, or did – it wasn't just Kansas City, just um, – Raising their level of play and just raising their energy for a second half,
1: I think it was both. Um, but more so, like Kansas City playing better. CC Kaiser took the main stage, you know and also mm. Labonta was more live. And I remember also that we said last episode that Labonta is the the player that has received more fouls so far. Yeah, and and last season she was w- one of the most foul players, and it was funny because the game Kansas scored came up uh, when Sam fouled Labonta, and yep. and then Loera uh, sent that perfect ball to the far post, and then mm-hmm. um, then Kaiser, uh, yeah. yeah, Kaiser's goal, scored the goal uh, with a header. And so I think those two, uh, La Labonta Kaiser, and also. Uh, The Fava, she had a, I remember, a great chance. She just Mm -hmm. slipped and couldn't hit the ball properly. But that was, like, the chance for them at the beginning of the second half.
0: Yeah, and then what was the expected goals again, Melina, for the game?
1: Yeah, it was uh, 1.3 for Kansas and 2.24 for the Thorns. So the Thorns overperformed. And... It was Kansas until minute, I think, 70. And then, let me check that. It was before the Vigna came into the match. Let's remember she was injured. And she came into the match uh, in the second half. But it was uh, all Kansas. Then the Vigna came into the match. Yeah, she came in in minute 70. And it was until minute 70 that, that the Thorns couldn't find a way. And then they did it. And so Sophia scored, and, and then she scored another goal. And well,
0: yeah, I think Kansas can take a lot from this game, especially. Uh, I think the 4 1 scoreline is definitely harsh. You know, like if we look at expected goals, obviously that backs it up. But, uh, you know, because you and I have predicted a 2 1, you know, and a 2 1 looked proper <laughs> for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and And that's the thing, though. Like, I mean, I think superstars come out, you know, like when you have a superstar, when you have a world class talent. Um, that's what makes difference sometimes where you just can feed uh, her the ball and Sophia Smith and she makes things happen. So it's, you know, Thorns have that advantage over every single team. Um, So that's huge. Um, And then let's talk about, obviously they're on the international break, Melina, so we won't talk too much about the women's national team games. Um, But obviously uh, we found out news that Sam is not, fortunately not on that roster. Um, But Blacko did say there's a chance for, uh, players who aren't on this roster to make the final roster. So um, Melina, any surprises to you? I mean, at this point for me, it's not a surprise. Uh, like I said, we know Urch is back. We know uh, that she's probably going to take take over the six once she signs a club contract. Um, and then Melina, do you have a like kind of like a gut feeling where she might go for free agency? Cause at this point, um, obviously Angel C used to have her rights, um, and now she's kind of free to sign anywhere. Um, do you
1: kind of have a pre- pre- preference where you would like her to go? Not really. I think she will go to California. I think if you're a footballer like Ertz, San Diego is more competitive. So yep. that would be, I think, my opinion, her number one option to go. But probably Angel City will offer more money. so. Yep. Probably she got there? <laughs> yeah. I really don't know. Um, if she goes to San Diego and if she's in a in a level we have seen from her in the past, well, San Diego might take it all this year. Yeah. I don't know. She uh, they could go to the final with Julie in the roster. But yeah. Um, and about Blatko, he's saying that uh, about Sam that. Oh, yeah, of course. Everybody can make it to the team. I mean, it's the polite <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. But let's be honest. Sadly, I, I don't think Sam will go to the World Cup unless someone gets injured or maybe Julie is not 100% ready. And I don't think that's the case.
0: Yeah. I just, yeah, I, it's obvious he sees something different in that position. He, you know, hasn't really give, given her a full opportunity. You know, she's made a few caps, but she's only started one of those games and she looked good in that one game. Um, so, I mean, everything she's doing so far has made her look really good this season. You know, she's been balling out. We've seen her, some of her passing accuracies, uh, stats and everything. And um, I mean, there's not much you can do if you're Sam coffee, you know, like you can, all you can do is just put your head down and keep balling. And, you know, obviously both you and I hope she makes the team uh, when it comes down, but uh, but Melina, so we have the international break. So the Thorns aren't back until the 14th uh, where they play Houston Dash at home. So let's talk about that uh, that preview for that game real quick. So obviously, I don't want to say say this for you, but obviously Houston Dash is one of my favorite front lines. I'm assuming yours too. Um, so let's let's talk about their front line real quick. So their, their front line was the first time they played all uh, Ebony Salmon. They played... Deanna Ordonez, and they played Maria Sanchez all at the same time in the front line. What's your thoughts on their front line, first off, and then just their team in general so far from what you've seen this se- season?
1: Oh, the team is looking good. And I was watching Houston last week, and Maria Sanchez was the started. She uh, starting. Mm-hmm. She didn't do that in week one because she was a little bit injured. And so... I just wanted to see the partnership between her and Ordonez. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they deliver pretty well. and, and with Emma Salmon there. Portland will have to be like very aware of the wings, especially mm-hmm. if if Kling starts for this game, we know that she's not the fastest, so um we will have to help her, and also they will have to to try to help her also with with Sam there those three i think will be very instrumental defending the wings and yeah. i think natu can do most of the job of course kaliha will have to help her but yeah they they're very dangerous and i've seen how just with one pass like the whole backline line will be <laughs> behind and, yeah. and they will have acres of space to to go but the difference with portland and chicago that they played last uh, last week is that Chicago was trying uh, to defend with three, uh, in the Mm -hmm. back while Portland covers with four and nonetheless Chicago, even though they have a shaky start at the end, they did it better. And so I think three, three in the back line could work for them, but I don't know, but yeah, they're dangerous and they connect pretty well and yeah, it will be an exciting game for sure.
0: Yeah. I saw the same thing as you. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is Maria Sanchez kind of makes that whole front line go. She's the kind of like the distributor uh, for salmon and Ordonez and seeing kind of salmon and Ordonez kind of like switch off between, you know, winger and Ford is kind of good. Just gives them that flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. And seeing salmon play on the wing has, was really surprising to me in a good way. Uh, I thought she performed very, very well. um she was kind of she went inverted. she went uh, you know outside a lot of the time as well. so just her versatility and her in the attack and her just like different looks that she gave the back line um was really cool. Uh, I really like what I saw because I did have questions like, oh, maybe you know they move Maria Sanchez into midfield um, and just have two strikers up top, but they went you know just a it looked like a four three three uh, setup. And it seems like that's kind of the, the standard setup for, for most most of the NWSL at the moment, uh, which is cool. But, yeah, just seeing Ordone is really – she's done really well against Portland in the past, you know. So this is one mm-hmm. of those games where I'm just like, wow, can Portland manage to, you know, can Portland manage to just kind of keep them in check, do their assignments, keep a really good line, uh, communicate well. They've been doing that all year, so I expect uh, this is going to be a great challenge for, you know, uh our our players you know especially that back line so we'll see how it goes but it's gonna be interesting if uh, Becky Sauberin's gonna be able to play a full game uh and it, it's gonna be one of those where it looks she might start but not only play 45 or 60 minutes just because she's coming off of national team duty um so that's gonna be interesting as well but I'm looking at their team if I'm looking at the Houston Dash team I don't like when you ask me who can stop, like which center back on their team is going to be able to stop Sophia Smith. I don't think they have an answer for that. I like their fullbacks. I like the Dasco, I love Chapman. Um, but I don't like their setup in center back. Um, so it's going to be interesting if they can, and then their midfield, are they going to be able to hold the ball enough to find their boards against Portland out, you know, on the road? I don't think, you know, I think Portland's going to dominate in the midfield too. So it's really difficult for me to look at this game and not think Portland's going to come out on top. It might be a little closer, um, but if Portland wins, you know, like three-one, I would not be surprised. Um, that's kind of my prediction right there, uh, Melina. So um, let me know what you what your thoughts on that. And then one quick note um, is Reina Reyes did make her uh, NWSA, NWSL debut on um, against the Kansas City Current on Saturday as well. So congratulations. Uh, I'm making her de- debut. Um, first of many, obviously. Um, and looking forward to watching her play this season. But yeah, Molina, what, what are your predictions for the, the 14th? And uh, any notes on Reina Reyes as well?
1: Yeah, um uh, I didn't expect to, to see her starting this in this game. But um, yeah, congratulations to her. I thought she was going to play more minutes, but I think it was like uh, the same thing that happened with Dakula. She played just some minutes. And in the last game, she played 30 minutes. So they are increasing her playing time. About Houston, yeah, like you said, it will be kind of hard for them to stop Sophia. But I think Campbell is a very good goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a great job in, in game one. And she has national team experience. And we have seen her uh, stopping many PKs in the past, so I think um, Campbell will be very important for this game. But yeah, the back line is kind of it will be hard. Um, and Chapman, well, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen really the roster for the for the for the Canadian national team. I guess mm-hmm. she's in, so I don't know oh, if yeah, she will play.
0: Yeah, she'll definitely be in. Uh, yeah. But, oh, for the fourteenth, you're right. Good point. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if she plays, she's probably going to play limited minutes, too. Um, Probably. And then they have Sophie Schmidt on that team, um, and she might play limited minutes, too. So, uh, I mean, this team might be very shorthanded going into that game, you know what I mean? Um, And Portland's going to go through similar issues, obviously, but that doesn't concern me as much. I think uh, Portland probably going to opt to start Rocky, uh, just because she'll be fresh for that game. Um, So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Do you have a score prediction, Melina?
1: Um, sorry. Just one more thing about Rocky. She's oh, uh, she has been called for the national team, and oh. she's always in the starting eleven. So I don't oh, know if she right. will be like <laughs> game ready.
0: Oh, oh, that's right. Okay,
1: because they're playing Poland
0: so, and then they play Scotland.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I was watching the um, Canadian roster, and yes, Chapman has been called, but I don't see Schmidt. Ah oh, no, she she's, in, reach- she's in, she's in, she's in. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, but uh, like I remember that uh, at the Olympics, uh, she played like a very little part. So she has been called, but we don't know how much she will play. Um, yeah. Prediction, I'm going to say 2-1, just because I don't know what to expect after a FIFA international break. Because I, I also like Didasco, and so I think she can play a good part here. But yeah, I think a 2 1 because if Sofia doesn't start, well, we will come break havoc there. And yeah, I think she will score in the next game. Yeah,
0: uh, I would have to agree with that, obviously. And then we also have the, like, obviously, with Rocky playing maximum minutes for Costa Rica, uh, one player who's got a chance to play some extra minutes, I feel like, is Olivia Mm Voltry. So. That's something to look out for as well, which is uh, pretty exciting. Um, But, yeah, so that's kind of our preview for the next game uh, and just our recap of uh, the game against uh, Kansas City. Um, But, yeah, if you guys have any questions about just what things are coming up uh, or questions about uh, just, you know, the Thorns in general, uh, definitely feel free to tweet at us um, on Twitter. So, or send us a direct message as well. Um, So, Melina, let's talk about, obviously, we had another game that day. So it was a very long day for you, I I know. um, But you got to watch the Timbers play. And honestly, I got to watch most of that game as well. Um, What are your general thoughts on that game? Was this one of their better performances uh, from the the start of the year?
1: Yeah, I think so. They dominated the entire first half. Um, It was a little bit different, the second half. But I think they did good in defense. Ivesich had a good game too. Yeah, I think that, for example, one of the things uh, Gio mentioned after the game was how they cut their pass lanes. And yeah, mm-hmm. that was definitely so. Like, I saw the Timbers defending pretty well, and and mm-hmm. sometimes Dallas will find a way to get to the box, but when they would send a like, service or a cross or whatever, into the box, the Timbers will just clearance that. And, and they were very well positioned there. Mm-hmm. And as so I was very happy with the first half. And the second half was, was entertaining because Dallas started to find ways to exploit some spaces. And mm-hmm. that's when the goals came. But yeah, I think it was a, a good game and, and give us hope for what's to come.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate you uh, bringing that up because I feel like this is that was their best game they played all season as well. I one of the things I really really liked um, throughout the game was the counter looked a lot better, a lot cleaner. They were they were able to get past the first line of defense a lot of the time and just kind of spring it right. Nathan Nathan had a bunch of shots uh, and a lot of opportunities. You know what I mean? And I I really like Nathan's energy. I just don't know, you know, with with the finishing problems that the, the Timbers have at the nine so far, I don't know if he should continue starting. I love the energy, but it seems like it's better for like a super sub role. Right. To me. Yeah. Um, so Melina, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Maybe obviously we saw Frank, uh, Frank Bowley uh, score his first goal for the Timbers and his first appearance. So congratulations to, uh, to Frank Boley as well. Um, and, you know, that was set up by Dairon Aspria who won his header and he found a way just to lay it off to Frank and it just was a great, uh, finish by Frank. So it, it was a really beautiful goal. Uh, and I honestly thought the, even though the expected goals was very, uh, in favor of Dallas. So Dallas had expected goals of 1.03 and Portland only had one of 0.33. So Portland probably outperformed, but, I felt like they were very dangerous, Molina, throughout the second half. Um, and the first half, even too. Like they had their chances on the counter, and the second half, like you said, the the game was wide open. Like if the game ended four four, I would not have been surprised, right? But mm-hmm. just the fact that they were able to get a result, I know I uh I asked Gio after the game what it means and about this team's kind of fight and determination, and you know, obviously he's he was really uh. You know, said a lot of positive things about this team, you know, and just the fact that they keep grinding it out week in and week out is a big sign. And now they just need to convert some of these, you know, some of these ties and they're getting healthier now as well um, into wins, right? So, yeah, but I'm looking at these stats, Melina. So, obviously, the expected goals. Portland was outshot 17 to six, uh, shots on target 62 uh, in favor of Dallas, obviously. And then shots on target, we only had one on target, the one that counted. Uh, and obviously, shots inside the box—they had 13 shots. We only had two, uh, and then they did 33 to 16 touches inside the box. Uh, I don't—I f- feel like Portland doesn't pass that much, anyways, because they're a counterattacking team. So just the just some of these numbers don't matter as much to me, like 432 to 298 passes, uh, 80% to 71% uh, passing accuracy is a little concerned, uh, and then passing passes in the final third 135 to 99. Uh, And then accuracy in the final third is another concern. Uh, 66% for Dallas compared to 47% uh, for Thorns. I mean, sorry, for the Timbers. Um, And then, yeah, so it's an interesting game because they also won 11 corners. We won two. Um, But this game, this is not a surprise because the Portland Timbers have always played with less position. So just the fact that they got 41% in this game was huge. Alina, I know you and I talked about it last week. I said the number that they should be going for every game is around forty percent. So just the fact that they hit that number I thought was a really good catalyst for for, for their uh, their attack throughout the game. Uh, and then what did so you were talking about the defense, Molina. What did you think of the back line? I thought you know, I was looking at some of the extra stats and everything, and it looked like the back line cleared up a bunch of they snuffed out a lot of attacks and everything. but yeah, what were your general thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think Zach McGraw is the strongest in that regard, clearances. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, of course, things to improve. But in that regard, he's best <laughs> of the back line so far. And, yeah, also he had this, I put that in the article for Rose City. Mm-hmm. He has this, uh, he blocked a shot that was like a clear goal. If he, he wouldn't, and that was amazing to see. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you said, the Timbers are not like, uh, they're not Barcelona, uh, at least Pep Guardiola's Barcelona, and uh-huh. they don't need the ball, I mean, <laughs> and we have seen that in, in this game, uh, mm. we just have to, to, to I mean, Gio has to keep finding that super sub, because like you said, Nathan, yeah, he has a lot of energies, uh, energy, but mm. he didn't make not even one shot on target or off target. Yeah. Not even one block shot. Mm-hmm. No crosses. So I I saw some fans complaining about why Gio would take Nathan out. But it was kind of clear. I know that sometimes and when you have a lot of personal injured and, and a lot of yeah. um, like you know that you're not playing your best your best soccer um -hmm. you expect for the forwards to do other kind of tasks on the field and but nathan still has to be a forward and Mm -hmm. he's not like doing that and yeah i appreciate his energy but he has to do better and let's see who starts next week but I don't know if we'll, if Nathan will be. Uh, and about defense, yeah, like like you said before, uh, you were always highlighting uh, Sack My Girl job, yeah. uh, uh, the way he plays and how he's commanding in the back line. And yeah, I think he he did a good job in this game. And I think it was, a, of course, a team effort. Uh, my only complaint is that in the second half, when they... Um, when Dallas started to find a way to, to attack, the mm-hmm. yeah, a, a way to attack on the on the right wing, they were focused so much, and the two players that were touching the ball there, they left a lot of ground without covering, and yeah, that was kind of dumb because of course, uh, Dallas will add numbers to the attack, mm-hmm. and they will find easy pass lanes. So yep. that was that was dumb but I think they did good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did good uh, in the first half and then tried to correct that. Um, Because we have seen that Dallas also scored a goal and it was called off to two offside, but it was Mm -hmm. a very close call.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I had a few extra notes, Melina. I agree with you, obviously. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me, what I saw was... uh, Bravo had another great game. Uh, one of the key things I saw was he had the he led the team in tackles and tackles won. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, Zach McGraw, he had the most blocks on the team as well. But one player I want to really highlight, Melina, uh, looking at the numbers, I'm just like I'm not surprised that um, that this player c- continues to put in these performances. But uh, before we get into that player, I also want to highlight David Mosquera. He played winger for this whole game, Molina. winger. That's how that's how you know the timbers are a little shorthanded on wingers. Um, it just seems like every winger that they have right now is either hurt or not fully fit. So just I I really loved his energy up there. Like obviously he's not a, as accustomed uh, to some of the things that uh, a winger needs to do, but he played really really well. I really enjoyed watching him play up there. Uh, and then that moved Eric Miller back to right back as well, uh, which is you know, like, like you said. So I, yeah, I really enjoyed watching Juan David Mascara. I like he, I would not be surprised if he could play more positions than, you know, these positions. Like, it's just one of those things where I, obviously he's one of the best players on this team. So just kind of seeing him kind of like do more things has been really exciting. Really enjoyed that. But yeah, just getting Dyron experience back is going to be huge for this team. Uh, Jimmy Charles is going to be back in a few weeks as well. So this team's getting healthier. Um, but the, Players, I want the player of the match for me is Santiago Moreno, uh, Molina. And let me bring you bring you up a few stats that kind of pop up to me. So, he led the team in dribbles, so sexual dribbles, and he also led the team in possession one, right? So, and what, what I've noticed about him is every game, he just seems like he's getting a lot of touches on the ball, he's playing a lot of good passes, um, and he's you know, trying to make like he's springing the counterattack a lot of the time, you know, once he is the one dribbling, uh, especially toward the back line, good things tend to happen. So I was really happy with uh, Moreno. It seems like every week he leads a team in multiple categories, like he's been doing. Um, so that's kind of the the big takeaways uh, from me. Uh, do you have any other takeaways, Melina? Any stats you want to share? Things like that.
1: I just remember that I put that in the article, the 32 clearances that Timbers yeah. made. Oh, um, yeah. I think it was a, a good number for them. And... But, yeah, no, i I don't have really more stats <laughs> for next game for sure,
0: yeah. so we have a big game coming up. obviously, Melina, this is uh, another road game. Uh, I know yeah. the next three on the board, the next games are on the road. so um so there it's gonna be Vancouver. Obviously, this is a huge rivalry game. Um, gonna be a big opportunity to uh, kind of improve on what they've shown so far. So obviously, the first, Few games for Vancouver. We've noticed that they have a few ties. Uh, and then they just picked up a 5-0 win. But all five of those goals were after Montreal got a red card from Rudy Camacho in the 23rd minute. So they scored Vancouver scored five goals after that. Um, so it's hard to take too many things from that. Uh, because it seems like they've been getting results uh at home and on the road. Uh it's been hard for them to pick up three points, but uh this team is gonna be interesting to me because I think. With what we've seen from the Timbers, Molina, uh, we know what they're going to do. They're going to want to absorb pressure. They're going to want to uh, spring the spring the attack as much as they can. Uh, I'm curious who they're going to start at the at the nine this week because I my gut says Gio will start Frank Frank Bowley, and we'll find out more at the presser tomorrow. But uh, that's my gut. I feel like he's going to start him. Uh, it would be. I'm curious if Dairo uh, Nespria has 45 minutes of fitness in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did not also, we didn't talk about Jazzy much either, uh, Molina. So I thought he balled out, you know what I mean? Like he was fantastic. This is the Jazzy I know from last year, last season where he had his, uh, league leading 112 saves. Uh, just the fact that he was very in good command. Uh, and even on the goal that they gave, gave up, man, like it, I love the fact that he's like, you know, he has this fire, he, you know, gives it to his back line when they don't do their jobs. You know what I mean? And the set piece defending—that's something that we keep bringing up every week. You know, if they can clean this up, you know, instead of ties or losses, they can—they can get results consistently, right? So it's really unfortunate that it's still the same issue. But they, like you said, besides that one bad clearance, they did look really good. So uh, I'm excited for this game. Uh, I think Portland's been playing like we remember the last 15 minutes of the Galaxy game. They played outstanding in those last 15 minutes, and then. This whole game, I felt like they were playing really in their element. Yeah, I they have zero too much pressure for my liking, but that's just their style. Um, but yeah, no, so for me, I'm looking forward to this game, Melina. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for them possibly pick up another result. Uh, and the Cascadia Cup is really interesting, Melina, because I feel like especially with Portland, Seattle, like they traded off wins on the road last year, and it's. <laughs> I will never understand because I feel like they like all these teams feed off each other's crowds, you know. Um, so I'm excited for this game. I think uh, we're going to see a different striker up top. We we might see uh, Espria start as well. I know Gio said he was only I think 15 to 30 minutes fit. Um, so it's going to be interesting what they do with the starting lineup. Uh, I know John uh, Juan David Moscare was playing winger. I don't see him being a winger again. I think they're, they're moving back to right right back for this game. Bravo uh, Zuberic and Zach will you know play back there and then Eric's been playing like some really good ball I know it's been you know like he's been really catalyst for a lot of this uh, counterattacks as well some of these passes he played in the game Alina top-notch like he was playing some you know like mm-hmm. one touch passes and he just yeah these like playing 30-yard passes and I'm almost like how are you doing this and then this is a common occurrence for him right um but yeah no so that's kind of what I'm expecting I think the Timbers with a, a little healthier team is gonna be able to find a result uh, on the road. so i have it I have it as a draw we you and I both got it right last week when we said it was one one um, i I see it as one one or two two this game, Malina. uh if the white caps you know win, I think it's gonna be why one goal, assuming everyone you know is playing eleven v eleven right? Uh, um, but that's that's how I see this game. I think it's gonna be. One of those games where, you know, Whitecaps are going to put their foot on the gas. Timbers are going to spring the counter, and they're going to be fine find some pockets of space. Uh, and then if if Bully's going to be able to finish Molina, uh, this is going to be a really good sign for Portland because I feel like that's what they've been missing all season—just somebody at the nine who can finish once in a while. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, what what are your thoughts heading into the game? I think
1: it's going to be excited, exciting game. To watch, um, and I'm thankful that it's a it's a rival game because it's gonna be at 11:30, and lately I've been having issues to stay awake late, so <laughs> I hope it's a good match, and um, the fans come bring a lot of heat to the stadium, yep. and yeah, I think the same as you, I think the Timbers will be okay if they can get a point. I don't see many, many goals in this game, at least from Timberside, because of what we've been talking about, about the nine problem. Yeah. Um, but other, otherwise, I, I would be, like, saying that they will score multiple goals. But the thing is, they're playing away from home and with the people that is injured and stuff, yeah. uh, it will be hard for them to score more than one. So... I don't know. I think you won one, or maybe they will lost two one. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I like you said. Also, the the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, have just only one more point than the Timbers, so yeah. it's not like there is a huge difference between them, at least on the table. Um, yeah. But yeah, and that's that's what I think. One uh, one or two one, the Timbers lost. But I hope not.
0: Yeah. And then last topic, Molina, I wanted to bring up with you. Uh, because honestly, the only person I thought of when I heard this question in our Discord server. So, like I said, if you're a subscriber, make sure uh you get access to our Discord server. We talk about a bunch of topics for a week. Um, but yeah, Melina, Obviously, I feel like a lot of fans. The general consensus now is the Challenge Cup is kind of more of a hindrance to the season. And like, obviously, I know there's bonus money involved in that, and uh, you know, we always want the players to get paid. But it seems like just having a the Challenge Cup during the season is just way too much to ask. You know what I mean? Um, so instead of having all regular season games on the weekends, they also have to play Challenge Cup on the weekdays and some on the weekends as well. So time that they could be using to rest and things like that is kind of being taken away for the Challenge Cup. Um, and for me, the, my favorite Challenge Cup will always be the first one. I think everyone will say that. But I like the other additions because they were done in preseason and it was a good use for all the teams to get all these matches in. Um, uh, but just having only NWSO teams really bugs me. Melina, what do you think of them teaming up with, you know, like a league, like Liga MX, you know, um, on a potential, potentially making a new challenge cup. Uh, and, ob- and then obviously this would be open to other CONCACAF women's leagues as well. But what, what do you think of them kind of making their own cup? You know, like obviously the Timbers playing the CONCACAF cup, you know what I mean? And things like that. But, um. What do you think about that? Because I feel like this is something that the Challenge Cup needs to do. If they want to play during the season, then they need to not just play each other, they need to play other teams. What What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, before that, um, disclaimer, sorry if I'm not much on Discord, but sometimes I just forget Discord. And it's because I don't check it frequently. I just, I remember starting to use Discord because... I really love jerseys of any kind. I mean, of any team, not just Portland's. Uh, I have a little collection of that. And so I found this community of guys in the U.S. that would go to a DS store or Nike store, and they Mm would just uh, try to find cheap jerseys that are on discount. And sometimes they find very nice deals. That's why I started to discord. And I am in a lot of communities, but I really don't pay attention. But I have to remind myself to do it. (laughs) For Ross city, I enjoy Discord, but it's not like it's in my brain that, oh, okay, I'm going to use Discord every day. Um, so sorry about that, uh, but I'm, I, I will try to use it more frequently. So end of my disclaimer. Your question about Challenge Cup. I think it's nice for the teams to have it because we have seen, like you said, in the first edition, Houston didn't Win a single thing so far, and then Challenge Cup, um, they're the winners, and so that raises the morale of the team. And after that, they started to believe that they can do it better. And since 2019, they have done it better. Every single year, they have improved. So maybe for fans, they don't like it, but I don't know. I, I we will have to ask the players, like what they think about it. Uh, How do they see the cup? Of course, it will be exciting to have liga MX feminino teams or teams from other federations, but I think at this point, at least, maybe Mexico can compete in some games. But, for example, if you call teams from Costa Rica, they're not ready. Mm -hmm. So... I don't think how much good it will do. Of course, it will be great for the Costa Rican teams, but I don't Mm -hmm. know if clubs in the NWSL want to compete against a team that they can score, I don't know, 6-0 every game. So it's kind of hard at this point. What if it's just
0: NWSL and Liga MX, and they're just doing, let's say, all the clubs get to play, like, let's say, a single elimination tournament, right, every year? Where, as as the challenge cup right like obviously that kind of defeats the purpose for a lot of teams where they're like oh we need more matches and stuff preparation mm-hmm. but i feel like they can get that either way um by playing each other and stuff but uh what do you think of the challenge cup just having like let's say like obviously you've seen so many league mx teams team up with nwsl teams to do matches and you know like home away friendlies and things like that um like what do you think if it's just those two leagues then uh, every single year, kind of going at it? Because I feel like League MX teams have shown really, really well when they've gotten the opportunity.
1: Yeah, it could be a possibility. Um, I was thinking more that they could implement that maybe when the Canadian team comes into mm-hmm. play that. I don't know if they're aiming to 2025 to, to start that league. I, I yeah. can't remember. It was 25, years, yeah. 26. I think it was twenty six. Um, I think it could be a possibility to just add Mexico to the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. But still, for example, we have seen when America played against Angel City. Mm-hmm. America is one of the best teams in Liga Meg is feminine and they are in the middle of the season. Yep. Angel City was in the preseason as well as as well as All Rain. And in both occasions they lost, so it will be good for a training match, maybe. But I think Mexico is close to be ready, but it's not that ready at this point. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, appreciate your opinion on that because I just feel like they need to change something. Uh, it just it can't go on the way it is. You know. So I'm looking forward to if uh you know the commissioner Berman has anything uh to change, but. Melina, well, um I just have a few things to left to share, and then um, we'll sign off. But one of the big things is I did get to interview Reina Reyes last week. Uh, so appreciate uh, your time, Reina. Um, and when I asked her before, when she makes her deb- debut, like, what would um, – just her general thoughts on that. And it was cool to get this quote. Uh, it's going to be everything. This is a dream of mine. So I'm working on her feature right now. It should be out in the next few weeks or, or a month or so. Um, I'm going to try to coincide it with some more international breaks, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's cool uh, to see players live out, live out their dreams. Molina. I think that's kind of the, my favorite part as a writer, just kind of getting these moments uh, and getting them on paper, you know, on, in a piece. So uh, really cool on that. And then my other, my other cool highlight was uh, we got to see Mana Shim and Shanae fair, fairly um, at the Gotham game. Um, Gotham gave Mana, Uh, Farrelly's jersey, and they just kind of embraced after the game. It was really cool to see. Uh, Just kind of, you know, honestly, I got a little teary-eyed just looking at that just because, you know, it just shows the strength of, you know, uh, women players and just teaming up together and just being there for each other. So uh, what a great moment, and we're looking forward to watching her play this season. Um, And congratulations on her debut uh, and her re... um, Yeah, and just playing again after so, so long. So congratulations on that. Um, really cool to see. It's really powerful. Um, but Molina, I'll let you kind of sign off if you have any uh, final sh- thoughts to share as well.
1: No, I think that's it for today. Like you said, uh, we we'll extend the invitation to anyone that listens to this episode. If you have any questions, send it to us through Discord uh, or Twitter, and more on Twitter than Discord. And <laughs> but yeah. you can send it to Discord, and, and for sure you Fook, will read it and tell me about it, but I will, I, I promise I will try to check more, uh, during the week and more, uh, discord. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's oh, all. Thank you for listening. Yeah,
0: no worries. And the last thing I'll say is, uh, hello to De- Diego Valeri, who's back in Portland. Uh, he was, you know, Portland Timbers, you know, social team, congratulations, uh, shout out to you all. Uh, you guys, you all do an amazing job. Um, Yeah, no, he's back in Portland. Uh I know he was visiting uh Blanco early in the week. And now he's back at training. So it's kind of cool just to see him back. Um, you know, uh, obviously I think he's Yeah, just good to see him again. So but uh thank you to all uh Portland soccer fans for tuning in. Uh we'll be back in the next you know in the next week or two uh with another episode. So appreciate you all listening and supporting Melina and I. Um but yeah, this is football or soccer, whatever you call it, with Fuquen and Melina Gaspar. Thanks everyone.